You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. That's great, guys. Thank you. <laughs> good morning, everyone. And good morning to Cafe Church joining us downstairs as well. Hope you're enjoying your plush new surroundings. Almost The refit is almost totally done. This is a very old hymn. goes way back to what was known as the Welsh Revival. And it's all about, that's okay, and it's all about how our God, even Jesus, is the bread of life. And there is nothing more symbolic of you and I being nourished as human beings physically than eating our daily bread. And God wants to bless us and provide for all our needs in life. Would anyone say amen? Amen. He may not provide all our greeds, but he will provide all our needs. Spiritually, financially, even with our health, with our relationships, with all of that. So last Tuesday night, I spoke on part one of what I called unexpected blessings. Sorry guys, this sounds very echoey, I'm not sure. Is it okay? Okay. So unexpected blessings, I spoke last Tuesday night in part one, and today, this morning, is part two of that. And it's all about how in the most unexpected ways, it's like the heart of the Father is that he wants to bless us. About uh, two or three weeks ago, I was away for a few days with Denise, walking through some forests in France. And as I was walking through, I came to a clearing, and I heard a cry from the sky and I looked up and I saw, I don't know what the bird was, but it was a magnificent looking creature flying high above me. And I had just read this, par- uh, this miracle of the loaves and fishes and I felt God speak to me that I needed to and we need to look at our lives from the perspective of heaven, not from the perspective of earth. And so I want to look at this this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to show a video, but ju- which is from one of the Jesus movies of Luke chapter 9, of the miracle of the loaves and fishes. But we fo- before we do, we pray, Lord, and we invite you, and I invite you, Lord, to come and breathe and move in your power. May your word come alive. And may none of us have a hard, unbelieving heart in this place. In Jesus' name. Let's turn off the lights and let's throw on this video. You can throw it on as well down in Cafe Church. This is from the Jesus movie. Sound up as well, guys. Rabbi, let me help you.
thousands of them. I must have followed it. you bring us. Our Father in heaven feeds the birds of the air. How much more will he give to you? Hallelujah. So that is one of the Jesus movies and an adaptation from one of the most well-loved miracles in the Bible. We were looking on Tuesday night how the early Christian church, more than any other scripture, they seem to love this portion of scripture. Because all over the catacombs where the Christians had to hide when they were persecuted, and in their villas and their houses and their places of meeting, you would see mosaics and drawings on the wall of the loaves and the fish. This resonated with the early Christians possibly more than any other scripture. And so we looked at the first part on Tuesday night. The Holy Spirit moved. We believe we're, we are in, on a week of preparation. This is day five, leading into our night of the Holy Spirit next Tuesday night. May God heal the sick Amen. and set the captives free. Amen. Hallelujah. God's heart, his rhythm, is to unexpectedly bless his people. 
doesn't mean we don't go through hard times and trials, but his tendency is very much to do this. So we're going to look at the scripture verses very briefly. You can throw them up in Cafe Church as well. This is from Luke 9. Late in the afternoon, the disciples came to Jesus. We just saw it on the video, saying, you need to send the crowd away because we need, they need to get something to eat. There's nothing here like a desert and Jesus answered them you give them something to eat but we've only got five small loaves of bread and two fish they said yet there were and there are at least 5,000 men there so Jesus said have the people sit in groups of 50 and then taking the food, Jesus looked up to heaven and he broke it. He blessed it and he broke the food and he gave it to his disciples who then gave it out to the people. Everyone had more than enough. And afterwards, 12 baskets of broken pieces were left over. Hallelujah. One of the many miracles of Jesus. And let's remember... In case anyone is doubting, Jesus is the same today as he was 2,000 years ago. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday and forever. Tomorrow and forever. So Jesus is the same. He doesn't change. If Jesus provided for these people's needs, do you think he'll provide for your needs? If Jesus wanted to unexpectedly bless these people, do you think he would love to unexpectedly bless you? That's what I have seen in my life over 37 years of Christianity. I've seen God break in and unexpectedly bless. Yeah, I've been through hard times, but no matter how hard those times got, I knew God's blessing. I knew his smile and I knew his presence. What I touched on, if you were here Tuesday night, just bear with me. Let me just touch on three things we looked at last Tuesday night. Sorry, this is dying again, guys. Not sure what's wrong with it. You're going to have to go there. Next one. Oh, okay. It's taking on a life of its own. Here we go. So two things just to mention. Number one, there was a crowd of 5,000 men. That didn't include the women and the children. You're probably looking at something like 25,000 people. The population of a town like... Um, Tralee or Wexford or Drogheda, someplace like that. A huge crowd. And to the disciples, the crowd was a bother. To the disciples, they said to Jesus, send the crowd away. Get rid of them. They're a bother. I just want to be cozy with you, Lord. Just me and you. Send the crowd away. There's too many here. But to Jesus, he had compassion for the crowd. Amen? He cared about every one of them, just like he cares about every one of us. No matter how big a crowd gets, it is never a bother to Jesus. It should never be a bother to you and me. We should check our hearts and say, thank God he's blessing others as well. Amen? And then we have this insightful um, account from the disciples as to the place they were in. And they said to Jesus, this place is like a desert. There's nothing here. And in your life and in my life, 
we can go through a season in some area of our lives and we can say, my marriage is like a desert. There's nothing there. My career my, is like a desert. My university course, I'm swamped. I can't get my head around it. I am out of my depth. It's like a desert. There is nothing here. My friends are like a desert. There's nothing here. My ministry that my heart is set on is like a desert. There's nothing here. You can fill it in. So each and every person that was there was in a difficult place. It was like a desert. Now, I just read from the Gospel of Luke about the miracle of the loaves and fishes, but if you and I go through the Bible, we can see it in the different Gospels. And each one of the different writers just puts in a little slightly different angle as to what happened. And I love what Matthew says in his Gospel account when Jesus responded to the disciples saying, send the crowd away, it's like a desert here. Look at what Matthew puts it. Jesus said to the disciples, I don't want to send these people away from here as they may collapse on their way home. The old King James puts it, they may faint in the old English on their way home. I believe this verse is breathing. There is a heartbeat to that verse. And I believe it's speaking to us about these few days that we're preparing for. It's like when we gather here in God's house, meeting with the other Christians, coming to worship, coming to serve, coming to be fed, coming to uh, sacrifices at war with our lives. It's like the Lord is saying, when you come, I don't want to send you home without a touch from heaven. I don't want you to head home because you may collapse. You may faint on your way home. And so I want to bless you before you go home. Is that okay? Isn't that okay? What a God we serve. I want to bless you. I want to feed you. I want you to be nourished so that you won't faint on the way. Sometimes in life, it gets really hard out there. It gets hard at home. It gets hard at work. It gets scary when you visit the doctor. It gets really scary in a relationship with a family. Or maybe our minds are overburdened or our hearts are breaking. And it's not nice. And that's why we need the bread of heaven so that we don't faint and collapse on our way home. Now, the people who were listening to Jesus were Jews, by and large. But remember, though they were Jews and they believed in the God of the Bible, they were a tiny little drop of water in an ocean called the Roman Empire. And these Jews would have been surrounded by a very different faith system. A bit like if you're a teenager and you're growing up in Cork, you're surrounded by a worldview that is very often contrary to what the Bible says. We'll say amen to that. Because the way of the world can be very different to God's ways. And so the people would have been surrounded by different religion. So bear with me. I want to do a bit of preaching and a bit of teaching in the short time I have today. But let me just do a little bit of teaching because the people who were hungry were surrounded by a different faith system. Here are four of the most popular Roman gods that were worshipped. And here's the dynamic these gods offered. 
Neptune was a hugely popular god because the motorways of the Roman Empire were the shipping lanes. Pax Romana, the peace that the Roman Empire offered, meant that you could trade all over the Mediterranean. So people were forever getting into ships and boats and traveling. And so Neptune, the god of the sea, was one of the most popular gods. What did Neptune say? Here was his message. If you don't regularly give me what I want, I'm going to get you. If you don't regularly give me sacrifices, which means money and time and all of that, the next time you get into a boat, you're going to drown because you're not keeping me happy. You worship Neptune, it was all about keeping him happy. Or what about Diana, the goddess of the hunt? If you, by and large, wanted meat to eat, you back then went hunting in some way. And so you would pray to Diana that she would favor you in the hunt. And if you didn't keep her happy with all her sacrifices and all your money and etc. going to her, Diana basically said, you're not going to get anything next time you go hunting unless you keep me happy. And what's worse, I make sure an arrow gets you, even if you're not hunting. It was a constant threat. What about Pluto, the god of death? He was very popular. You constantly sacrificed to him, terrified in your soul in case death would visit your house and Pluto would knock at your door and either your time was up or your children's time was up or someone you loved, their time was up. So people who worshipped Pluto were in terrible fear, constantly trying to placate him and appease him. Even if you look at the lifestyle gods that were on offer back in Rome, you take someone like Bacchus, one of the most popular. He was the god of wine and food. But to worship Bacchus, you had to get drunk with a load of wine, a load of alcohol, and you had to become a glutton, eating way more food than is healthy. And then in his temple, or in a villa or a home where Bacchus was worshipped, once you overate and overdrank, you would go to a room called the vomitorium, you would take a feather, and with respect, you put it down your throat and throw everything up. Even the enjoyable gods were life-takers. All of the gods were life-takers, but Jesus was a life-giver. Jesus cared about the people, but the Roman gods cared about themselves. Here's the truth. There's nothing new under the sun. You mightn't have anyone in Cork saying, I'm going down up to Granabrahar to worship Neptune. Well, I'm going over to Tivoli because Diana has a great temple there. There's nobody worshipping Diana or Neptune. But you look at the gods of the city of Cork and the gods of Ireland and the gods of the world today. You have the god of career. You sell your soul to the company. They will demand all your time, all your energy, so that your relationships suffer, your mental and physical health suffer, and your work-life balance is way out. But oh, you're really successful in the world, eye because you're making in the money. But what, at what cost? Or you have the God today of looking good, and we become obsessed with the body image. And so people are starving themselves and getting sick, so they look a certain shape. Why? Because people will love me then. No, they won't. Don't be so foolish. If someone doesn't love you for who you are, the shape of your body isn't going to make an awful lot of difference. 
What I'm trying to say is that the Roman gods were life takers and the gods of today are life takers. What about the addictions? That's a huge god today. Go out and drink like a hard man. Keep on drinking. Keep on taking the fun drugs. Some cocaine, that's good. You end up becoming an addict. It's a, an epidemic. Addiction. Whether it's addiction, or it's an obsession with career, or it's an obsession with your body image, the gods of today are life takers. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus is here to give you life, not take life. Amen. One last thing from Tuesday night. Jesus said, seat the people in groups of 50. 50 is the number of Pentecost. Pentecost was the Jewish feast when the Holy Spirit fell upon everyone. And, and they received um, spiritual languages, tongues, and prophecies, and healings, and miracles. And people were set free. So the Feast of Pentecost was on the 50th day of the Jewish calendar. And I'm not going to go into it. No, you look through the Old Testament. All the measurements of the temple and the tabernacle were 50 cubits by 50 cubits by 50 cubits. We see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. You go into the New Testament in the Gospels, in the book of Acts, in the epistles. You see the Holy Spirit falling down and empowering people. We see the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Why do we not see the Holy Spirit today? Because the Holy Spirit wants to move today. Amen. Amen. And so, seating the people in groups of 50, they connected in with others. And why didn't he say, seat the people in groups of 45? Seat the people in groups of 60? No, 50. There's no coincidence. There's no chance in God's economy. This was in preparation before the miracle. And so we're spending a week, as it were, in groups of 50, symbolically, where we're preparing for God's move in our lives. It's very important for me to say today, these people needed bread. And there has been, at times, a teaching in the Christian church that, in my opinion, is wrong where it's like there's something wrong when you pray for your physical needs. It's like that's not really spiritual. You're just looking to be blessed. You're just looking for your, your greeds. But this is a need. This is a need. So it's okay to pray for God to bless us in a material way. Who'll say amen? amen. Again, I say, God will meet our needs. He may not meet our greeds. But it's okay to pray for bread. Now, what's the bread in your situation? Maybe in your life, the bread is your marriage. You need God to feed your marriage. Or maybe it's a friend who you love, who you've fallen out with, and you need God to bring bread into that situation. Maybe it's your education. Maybe it's your career of lack of it. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's a financial desperate need that you have. But the God I know gives us bread. So it's okay to pray for bread. In fact, and bread stands for all of these things. In fact, Jesus himself gave us a template prayer that we are all asked to pray. It's called the Our Father. Anyone ever heard of that prayer? Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to do the biblical thing. We're going to pray the Our Father together. Would you stand with me, please? How about at the count of three, you and I, Pray the Our Father together. It is biblical. This is what the early Christian church did. We shouldn't be ashamed of doing it. At the count of three. 
One, two, three. Our Father who is in heaven, blessed is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And with a louder voice, the people said, Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give a round of applause to one another. Takes a bit of courage to stand up. You can take your seats. It's not easy sometimes to stand up and make a declaration. The scripture portion we read about the Lord blessing and about the Lord giving unexpectedly. These people, they may have collapsed on the way home, but none of them are going to die. But yet God unexpectedly blessed them. It's part of a whole rhythm of the Bible where why did people love the Lord? Look at what it says in Psalm 1161. I love the Lord. Why? Because he heard my cry for help. He heard my prayer. So I want to make it okay in our church culture. It's okay for you to say, you know what? I really am struggling with my job. God, would you give me a better one? That's okay to pray. Lord, there's a legal situation in my life. I would love to stay here in Ireland, and I'm legally facing something. Lord, would you open the door for me in Ireland? Amen. Amen. Lord, I'm struggling with my college work. Would you just give me a touch from heaven to help me get through this? Amen. I'm sick. Would you heal me? My kids are out of their heads. Would you move in power in their lives? Whatever your prayer is. I love what... Pastor and writer, writer Timothy Keller from New York, Redeem, Church of the Redeemer there says, God sees us as we are, he loves us as we are, he accepts us as we are, but he never leaves us as we are. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever our need is, he is a rewarder, this is the promise in the Bible, of those who diligently seek him. You put effort and time and sincerity into your prayers and God will reward you. You say a 10 second prayer while the ads are on in Coronation Street, you can't expect God to honor that. Show God you're serious with your prayers and he'll bless you. He will reward you if you diligently seek him. I'm coming towards an end but I want to do one last little bit of teaching before we, we pray. Just the scripture verse we read and saw in the video. Just imagine the people who didn't get bread there. Who were the people who didn't get bread? We don't read about it in scripture, but here is my opinion, and Mike and myself spoke about it. We, we both feel this. There were people probably who didn't get fed there, who weren't blessed there, and I want to highlight it because some of us may fall into one of these categories. So check your heart as I check mine. Here are the three main groups who I think possibly didn't get any bread that day. The first group were the people who left too early. I'm starving. Jesus is on and on. Come on, we go off and we'll try and sort something out. We'll get food down the village there. You don't have the patience to wait for God's time. 
You just won't stay in his presence and you run off and you try and sort it out yourself. That was one group. What about the second group? I call them the risky bread group. Can you imagine the people there who said, you going to eat that bread? That's not normal bread at all. I mean, what's that made of like? Is it GM free, huh? Certainly not organic. Can you imagine the skeptics who just said, I don't know about this, it's a bit different, it's a bit risky, I'm not going to risk my body, my health, with this kind of weirdo bread. I'm telling you, humankind has not changed over the millennia. The people 2,000 years ago are just like the people today. What do you think of that bread? I'm not going to make a scene here now. Like, I'm not going to say anything in front of you, man, there, Jesus, but I don't know, I wouldn't trust that bread. His hands are filthy. Where did he get it from? Something weird about that bread, boy? Nah. So you can sit at the back or the front, and you can go, Blessing, healing, nah. There's something weird about that boy. Nah, nah. That's your choice. Jesus Christ is a gentleman. He will never force the issue with you or with me. He invites you and me, but he never forces us. If anybody in a Christian setting forces you, bullies you, harasses you, that is not the Jesus way. You should do it because your heart wants to do it. Remember the shepherd in the Middle East always walked before the sheep, and the sheep followed. But here in Ireland and in Europe, the shepherd drives the sheep from the back. But that's not the biblical way. So if anyone forces you, come on, come on, get up there, come on. No, Jesus leads by example, and the people follow. So if you're here and you're saying, I don't know about this blessing, I don't know about any of this stuff, that's your choice. But the people who didn't get the bread from Jesus that day missed out on a miracle because they were just too cynical. And the final group, those who wouldn't sit in the group of 50, you had to be in the group of 50 to receive the blessing, to eat the bread of heaven. You had to sit in a group of 50. But I know... Because human nature hasn't changed. That some people were there going, I'm not going into any. Who's he to say sit in a group of 50? I look, sitting with that crowd. Okay, um, let's try this crowd over here. Oh no, they're really hairy. Oh. How about over here? Oh man, they smell, boy. They're all fishermen. There's a smell of fish from them. And that's all women over there. No, no, no. No, I'm not going in any 50. I'll, I'll do my own thing. Off you go. Off you go, there's the door. Do your own thing. But do not expect the blessing of God in your life. In fact, the Bible warns us, the rebellious dwell in a dry and a parched land. We rebel against God's ways. That's our choice. But we cannot expect the blessings of God when we refuse to do the pattern Remember in the Old Testament, in the temple, in the tabernacle, constantly the Spirit was saying to the builders, make sure everything is done according to the pattern. Well, that pattern 
has continued in the New Testament. No, man, it's 2017. We all just do whatever we feel like, and we come and go, and we feel like, off you go, come and go. But you will not get the blessing of God. They sat in groups of 50, and as they did, a miracle happened. There is an army on the face of the earth, the fastest growing spiritual movement on planet earth today is this by conversion the muslims are having greater number of children so they're growing by birth not by conversion but people who are willingly choosing a faith the fastest growing movement is this all over ireland all over the world why because people know there's a blessing they know there's life and so we choose to come. And so when we sit in a group of 50, then the Lord will bless us. As I come towards a close, I ask you, what's in your hand today? You see, here was a young boy back then, and all he had was the five loaves and two fishes. And he said, this is useless. How is this going to help? And I bet you we're coming here today, and you're going, my intellect will never get me past that big exam. My capability in this job will never get me to that interview or see a promotion. My weakness will never see me overcome that addiction. My issues with my mother and father will never help me try and sort out the issues in my marriage or with my friends. The, the list is endless. And the devil will tell you, all you've got is that little thing. It's not worth your while. And maybe I'm a voice in the wilderness, but I say, whatever it is you have, if you come with your heart to God, he will bless you. Amen. He will meet your needs. Amen. He mightn't do it in the way we think he should, but he will do it in the best way. And so what we're going to do very simply, I have here in my hand, we have bowls of bread. Actually, they're croutons. We're really posh here. These are croutons, that's a French word, le crouton, okay? And so what we're going to do is we're going to pass these around and everyone gets to have one. Don't we feed you well? <laughs> Seriously, everyone gets to have one. And what it is, it's a symbol. It's just a simple little symbol of the bread of heaven. And what we're going to ask you to do is once you get it, and we all have one, we're going to stand up, we're going to hand put it in our hands, I'm going to say a short prayer of thanksgiving, very short, I'm not calling anyone up. And as we close, I'm going to invite you to eat it. Now you might say, I don't eat bread that I, grand, you know, if you don't want to eat it, I'm not policing you, don't eat it, put it in your pocket, or put it in the bin, or whatever. But if you want to eat it, and I'd encourage you, eat it. Use all the senses to remind yourself of what God's word is saying. And we will pray that God, the bread of heaven, the bread of life, will feed you and me in whatever area of need we have. And may this week be a week of healing, of deliverance, and of blessing. So I'm looking for some volunteers. Can I have two volunteers for this group? Two for here, two for here, and maybe one for here. Would you just come up to the top, and you, what you do is you take a bowl, okay? Who's, who's doing this? So we've got Samuel and Carla. Who's doing this group? Marianne and Otto. What I'm going to ask you to do is just pass it around. Just let the people pass it up and down. That's it. Okay, I'm after taking one here. 
So I'm going to call up the band, because they're going to do some background music as people are going to take the bread. So the guys are just going to sing that song, Spirit Breakout. This is all about the Holy Spirit breaking out and moving in us this week. And when everyone has had a piece of bread, we're going to stand and pray together. Are we up for that? And I, I promise you, I'm not looking at you whether you eat it or not. That's your call. But I'm going to encourage you to eat it when we're finished. So could we stand up? We're still giving them out. If you have a piece in your hand, have you got a piece in your hand down the back? Have you got it down the back? Nobody has it down the back there, volunteers. Just put up your hand if you don't have a piece of bread yet. If you don't have bread... Okay, does everyone have one? Okay. All right, guys, we can do the music afterwards. Do you have a piece of bread? Yeah. Okay. So in your hand, remember Jesus blessed the bread. He looked up to heaven and it multiplied. And our prayer is that God will multiply in your life. So as we pray, before we pray, it's a very short prayer, and then we're going to close. It might be your marriage. It might be not having a partner. It might be your job or your health or your son or your daughter. I don't know what your desert is, but God knows, you know. And so you hold the bread in your hand and it represents the desert that you're praying about. So if you'd like to lift up your right hand with the bread in your right hand. In the name of Jesus, with every life and every family represented here, this bread represents our need. We pray now, oh God, you would give us our daily bread. Feed us in our relationships, in our careers, in our health, in our finances. Feed us, oh God, in our study, in our ministry, with sons and daughters and mothers and fathers and friends and brothers and sisters. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you to move. And today in the house of God, this is a symbol. We invite you to move now. In Jesus' name and God's people said, I invite you now to eat it as I eat it. I will remember the taste of this bread in my mouth all this week. And it will remind me, the bread of heaven gives us our daily bread. I love the Lord because he heard my cry, my prayer. May God answer your prayer this week. We throw up the words of the psalm. We're just going to sing one verse and one chorus and then we close. But let's sing it for the remaining three days of the week that the Spirit would break out in our lives. Amen. Speak, Spirit, speak. Speak, Spirit, speak. So that every waking hour I hear your voice. Mid all eyes flutter and all eyes noise. Cause all I need, cause all. 
as we face the week ahead, we pray that we would realize afresh, or maybe for the first time in our lives, that really all we need is you, because you are the author and the finisher of our faith, and you really supply all our needs. So we leave our cares in your hands. And here in Grace Church, in McCurtain Street, on this day, we left this in your hands, O oh God. And so we pray that this week, the Spirit would break out in our lives. When we come to this building and when we are at home, when we are awake and when we are asleep, when we're walking or driving or sitting or talking or we are silent, Spirit break out. And may we see miracles this week in our lives and in our relationships. In Jesus' name and for one last time, the people of God said, Hallelujah, amen. Thank you for coming. We're serving tea and coffee upstairs. The guys are going to play us out. Remember Friday night, or sorry, Tuesday night, and remember growth track as well today if you're coming. God bless you. Over to the guys.